Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Basketball's More in the Game. And I'm your host, Coach Goins, and I'm live in Phoenix, Arizona at the Final Four. Yes, that is correct, the Final Four. We actually been out for a week. Uh, it was just great, great fellowship uh, since we arrived uh, late Thursday night. Um, me and my best friend, Victor Bullard, uh, and along with our great friend, uh, the legendary Ralph Sampson, uh, the three-time college basketball player of the year. And again, it was just a great to see Ralph again, who's based in L.A. now and just spending some time in fellowship and then just working on various things. But just, you know, all in all, just a very, very great trip. And uh, we fly back out uh, tonight. Uh, we're on a delay, so and that gives me an opportunity to reach back out and just shed some light and perspective on uh, last night's game. Uh, let's get to it. Uh, and this segment is we'll call uh, In the Paint. And it's brought to you by Act Sports. And Act Sports is accepting Christ through sports, which is based in Stanton, Virginia. We certainly appreciate uh, their continued support in this podcast. And as we move forward, uh, any sports information, please go to playactsports.com and read more on, on that. But let's get right into the show today. And let's talk about that ball game last night. Now, just watching and reviewing on ESPN and, and everybody else, I guess people want to see a national championship game at a certain level, at a certain complex. But being there in person uh, doesn't mean that you know, I have all of the, the, the correct information. But watching that game last night, you could see the bigs, uh, meaning the big man from uh, Gonzaga, as well as the big guy uh, for – uh, North Carolina, it's just the bodies, the, the, the bodies and the contact uh, down low. Uh, if the referees do not call that tight, that game can get out of control. So what does that look like from a fan perspective? Uh, the, the game is slowed down. They can't let them play. Uh, but then on the reverse side of that is when you don't call that whistle, uh, you're going to have uh, out of control. You're going to have guys uh, at that caliber, that size. And then keep in mind, uh, all set of Kennedy Meeks, uh, is the other big guy down low. Uh, and then from there, Isaiah Hicks. And then Gonzaga comes in with their – probably their best player, I think his last name was Collins. Uh, he comes in, uh, and he's another seven-footer. Uh, now, let's talk about the outside sh shots. Carolina couldn't throw it in the ocean. You know, and then you look at that, you can't – you didn't shoot the ball well. And when you don't shoot the ball well, what does that look like? Uh, that turns into, okay, I, I didn't take I didn't take good shots. Then they started taking shots that really were not uh, within the, the confines of the game or the flow of the game. Uh, they would come down, and they would be up by two points, and they would come down and, and launch a three uh, by Pinson, who is not uh, – that is not the reason why he's at uh, North Carolina. That is not the reason why he wears a, a Tar Heel jersey. But, in fact, Jackson, who did not have a good game last night, took some, you know, I thought very, very bad shots – uh, midway through the first half as well as late uh, late in the game. Uh, but as I sat there and I told my best friend as we was watching the game, you, you took a, take a look at the last three minutes of the ball game, and that's where I really want to focus in on is everything that happened late in the game from uh, them going back and reviewing uh, the choke, uh, which was not intentional, but by the rules, if a player is hit in the face uh, above the neck, that is automatically – a violation, a flagrant. Uh, so they got the ball. Of course, he goes to free throw line. He misses both free throws. So Gonzaga's still alive. Then go put the ball back in play in Carolina, his possession. But move uh, fast forward a little bit. And what happens after that? Uh, Carolina um, doesn't do anything. So Gonzaga goes down, 
uh, foul is committed by Carolina. They make they they miss their first free throw, then they make their second free throw. So back and forth down the stretch, Carolina never was down uh, to the point to where they couldn't recover. So and then you know taking a bad shot here and then rebounding, kicking it out, and started running some clock, and then ultimately. Yes, you know, the national champions. Uh, you know, Charles Barker was there. I had actually getting a chance to speak to Charles. I saw him in you know, pretty close proximity to where I was sitting, kind of looking around, and I just uh, shot something out and said, man, you know, Charles looks like he's looking for Spike as well as Samuel L. Jackson, just to throw a little humor in there. You know, but most importantly, you know, the thing about the national championship game, people don't understand it. It has been very fortunate uh, for my second consecutive national championship game. Uh, as we talk about in basketball, basketball is more than a game. It's just not the game of basketball. Yeah, you come to the game in order to experience the game, in order to enjoy the, the ball game, but it's the networking that you do outside of the arena that is so critical. And In fact, let me just I want to share that a little bit as we switch into a segment called Fast Break. And again, Fast Break is brought to you by Act Sports. Uh, based in Stanton, Virginia, and if you're interested in great, great youth activities uh, for your kids, not babysitting, it is recreational basketball, volleyball, uh, just started baseball, travel basketball, uh, as well as flag football. Soccer uh, is alive and well, too. So, again, that's playactsports.com. Uh, uh, go on that website. Our organization is a very, very top well organization. I know that uh, Ralph Sampson came in last year and did a couple of camps, uh, tremendous uh, outreach uh, to the Augusta County, uh, which is the beautiful Shenandoah Valley. So thank you for their continued support. But let's go back to the segment of Fast Break as it relates to relation, uh, building the network. Uh, being out in Phoenix, again, it's just more than just basketball. When you take a look at being able to, to sit on a network with uh, the head coach of Maryland Eastern Shore, uh, also uh, spend time with the head coach of Federal State University. Now, why did you pick those two, Coach Goins? Because those two gentlemen uh, actually played on the same high school team that I did. Uh, where do you go, or where can you say there was three players from the same high school team on or at the Final Four? That's where uh, we go back, and we want to definitely give a shout-out to Coach Cable uh, in reference to uh, sowing that seed, so that grapevine of – you know, how many high school coaches said there were, in fact, three of his players or former players at the national championship game? So being able to sit down and talk to those guys and, and listen, you know, I really want to dig into this as it relates to fast break and, and talk about the HBC schools. And I'm not just wanting to call out the HBC schools because, you know, my good friends are coaches at HB, HBCs as well as I have uh, good friends and relatives that coach Division One basketball. But there's a lot of great HBC coaches that do not get the opportunity uh, to tap into uh, more than uh, a mid mid level program, say Shaka Smart. You know, Shaka Smart uh, is a minority coach and had that opportunity to be at VCU, but it's not a HBCU. But I call out Coach Bobby Collins, who you know for 25 years he has been in the game of basketball, and in 25 years he's won you know, Coach of the Year. When you win Coach of the Year in the conference. You know, that is that is worthy. You know, how what you know, what is the criteria based on, you know, when you had more wins or the coach is not able to do this. But you know, you think about what these gentlemen have to do, uh, ladies is included. Uh, they go out and they're recruiting on, on a much smaller budget. Yes, they don't go out to the go after the one and dones because it's not the glitch and the glamour of the program, but they go out and they have to recruit a certain type of uh, player. 
And once they recruit that certain type of player, that player is brought into the organization, that, that player has to be developed, that player learns a system. Now, once that player is in that system, of course, just like any other school, some kids are happy with that program and they stay in some kids transfer out of that program. But in fact, again, the key focus point is, you know, how does that coach, you know, get that kid in that program, develop that program, play within that, say, smaller budget, uh, their travel, uh, most of the time is uh, by bus because of the inability or not the budget to fly. Uh, and then their athletic directors sometimes, you know, they'll go out to the gate games uh, and, and play and, and allow these teams to go out. And I call them control scrimmages. Yes, they're, they're sanctioned games, but let's be honest, they're, you know, that is a very high-powered uh, control scrimmage when you play the likes of Boston College, Virginia Tech, uh, Michigan, Michigan State, all within the same year, uh, and you walk away, and of course, you know, with, with all losses, but, you know, the athletic director or the athletic, you know, department sits back and smiles because, you know, those games are, you know, $80,000 uh, to $100,000 and could be more, uh, and some of the football games could be potentially millions of dollars. Just because you have a smaller school that does not have, number one, uh, not saying coaching skills, they don't have the caliber of players that, of course, the major Division One schools have. But point in fact, though, we have, we have a lot of Jackie Robinsons, but not a not but not enough of Branch Rickies in order to give these uh, gentlemen uh, an opportunity to go out and uh, partake, if you will, uh, in those type of programs. Because when you're able to do that, and you're able to really make a difference in what you're doing. Uh, Coaching-wise, it, it is a huge, huge factor uh, in these young men's lives. Whether again, it is at HBC school or the Division One. You know, when you have a coach and that coach is very passionate about what he does, you know, you want that player to be able to be a winner on and off the floor. So let's just you know transition into you know Division One style. When you look at the Roy Williams, and I know that was a big debate today, Roy Williams versus you know Coach K. You know, I, I'm I'm a I kind of lean toward. Uh, Duke's program just because of uh, my relationship with with the Duke program, but you know top to bottom, you know what is what is your goal at the, for basketball season when it starts October fifteenth? Um, That's to win the national championship. You know that year in year out there will be two teams next year being San Antonio. There will be two teams on that floor on a Monday night, uh, the first Monday night in April, playing for a national championship. Win, lose, or draw, those two teams as you know they blood sweat and tears but at the bottom line to it is those programs has had a coach now those coaches are evaluated for whatever reason uh, again just hats off to uh, the coach from South Carolina Gamecocks what a great great job but when you look at the Roy Williams and Coach Case, you know Roy has won three national championships he's three and three uh, in the final game he's three and three on the biggest stage on a Monday night with playing uh, college basketball game, three and three. So in that, he's been there three times uh, with the Kansas Jayhawks. He's been there three times uh, with the University of North Carolina Tar Heels. But bottom line, all of his championships have come from Carolina. Now, what does that mean? Does he get down in Kansas? No. He just has to have a little bit of luck. He has to have a little bit of uh, the ball just has to be able to bounce your way. And that was a key factor. Uh, in last night's game. Now, shift over to Coach K, and we know what he's accomplishing in, uh, in Durham as well as uh, on the platform, the biggest stage, the USA Basketball. Now, he is the basketball uh, guru 
as it relates to USA basketball because um, that he's been deemed that. Now, should he always be the coach or should that be rotated? You know, I'm not here to say it is or he is not, but if he's the head coach, what about being able to tap in uh, to some of the assistant coaches like Aurora Williams or give that uh, give that platform if it's every four years, uh, you, you create that platform to number one, to where you have a couple college coaches uh, on that team. And I understand you have to have the NBA because they are NBA players. So you have to have that uh, cohesiveness. You have to have that ability to blend because you have various coaches from different walks uh, because you're not coaching college players. You're coaching uh, professional NBA players. And there's been several NBA players uh, that, that likes Coach K. But not to say that he's not the guy or somebody else shouldn't be given that opportunity. It's just that there's a lot of great talent uh, as it relates to coaching uh, and his philosophies. You know, that's one of the things uh, people are talking about. Patrick Ewing out of Georgetown being able to, to take on that, and he doesn't have any head coaching experience. And, you know, a lot of times it's all about take a look at yourself. You know, when we, or who gave you opportunity uh, to be that person? Who gave you that nod? Who gave you that uh, first shot? So if, it, if it's not Pat Ewan, who gave John Thompson uh, that, that opportunity? Who gave Mike Krzyzewski uh, that opportunity when he came to Duke and how bad Duke was when he first came? But, you know, the Johnny Dawkins, who I ran into when I was uh, uh, here in Arizona, uh, the Christian Laytons, who I saw every day because he was staying in the same hotel uh, with Ralph. Uh, so in that total capacity, when a coach has an opportunity to coach, it's not about wins or losses. It's about the impact that a player brings to the table and how he and that coach um, build that relationship. Because, again, as we said early in the broadcast, some players come in, some players will do well, some players will transfer. That happens. Every program has that, uh, and some players – uh, adjust to that. Some players don't, but it doesn't mean that player is not a great player, and it doesn't mean that coach is not a good coach. It sometimes it's just not a good fit, and we see that and we understand that totally. So what happens in that? A lot of times the coach is faulted, and a lot of times the players uh, are faulted. But all in all, uh, when you recruit, you're going out and you're basing that uh, performance on what that young man is doing on in his setting. Uh, where he is a big fish in a little pond, and he's not the he, he's he's not going up against that top talent every night on the high school level. A lot of times, they only see that in the summer times when they're playing uh, with the uh, different organizations um, across the country. So that's also a a measuring stick. But bottom line to it is, you know, when you sat there last night and the game was over, win, lose, or draw, the emotions and what happens. After that game, meaning what? When you lose, you know, you are just totally distraught because you, you worked so hard. I think Gonzaga's only lost one game all year. So, you know, those young men won't ever put that uniform back on again. Uh, you know, some of the young men will move on to the, to the next level, which is the league, as we call it. Some young men will, um, you know, step out, and the next thing you know, uh, they're looking for jobs. And they always remember this. If you've got uh, a space in your team and you're looking for great managers, always try to hire that athlete because they understand the team concept, they understand the effort, and they went to school for four years, uh, put it together academically, as well as extracurricular activities, basketball, you will definitely have a diamond in the rough. But now let's go, let's take a look at the championship. So a person wins that championship, that, who was the first person you hooked at when the horn sounded? 
What was the comments you made during a press conference? What did your coach say about you, your contributions to the team? Now, you're cemented. You are locked in. You are in the Hall of Fame of moments uh, as it relates to what it looks like when you win a national championship, the photos that will always be made. It will be, it will be never taken away from you. It will be solidified. You will go down in history. So those are the things that a lot of times people missed in that opportunity. So last night as I was standing there at the, the conclusion of the game, they were rolling out the, the platform and getting everything prepped right in front of us. But when they hoist that trophy and said, you know, we are national champions, there is nothing like it. Um, the closest thing that I can relate to that is when my son was at Wilson Memorial High School, uh, and they won the state championship in baseball. And he had a, you know, he was he was a great player, uh, did a fine job for that uh, for that organizational school, should I say, uh, in order to help uh, them win that uh, high school state championship. But the emotions to be able to sit there and see that win that uh, is just a, a very very emotional. Uh, and when the reality of that. So those are the things as we really like to drill down in basketball is more than the game is those are the takeaways from basketball. Just like, you know, we come out to, to Phoenix, number one, you know, first thing we did uh, Friday morning, we had a great, great breakfast uh, with the big fellas, we call them, none other than Ralph Sampson was just staying a couple minutes away from where we were. And so then uh, we spent the whole day just kind of recapping, catching up, getting getting a little in, in, inside uh, perspective, uh, and again just seeing networking, uh, and then of course you know, it led on uh, until uh, Saturday's game with uh, the Gamecocks are playing Gonzaga, and then well as Oregon playing uh, Carolina. So which led up until last night's game, and had an opportunity when the limo pulled up uh, to get the big fellows a limousine and ride with him to the game. You know, that's one of those things that it is where I go back to basketball is more in the game because I never went to Harrisonburg, Virginia. I never went to UVA. Ralph was my favorite player. And but to be able to be at the national championship game with your favorite player of all time and to ride in the limousine and for him to be recognized 30 years after he played is just a tremendous, tremendous feat. Yes, he is 7-4 and that does help. But when you break it down, in my way, how I view this is really the driving force behind this entire program. It's more than a game. It's back. Ralph Sampson and I don't only talk basketball. We very seldom talk about basketball. We talked maybe 10 minutes about the game last night. We drop it and then we go eat. Uh, we go eat some dinner and just relax and, and say our goodbyes because uh, actually, you know, he, he called me this morning just checking and he's already back in L.A. and we're on a little bit of delay uh, out of Phoenix and we'll be back on the East Coast uh, early, early uh, Wednesday morning. But, you know, bottom line to it is, you know, there are some great, great things that we can learn from basketball on the court, off the court, away from the court. But most importantly, you know, it's more than a game. And I never, ever, ever will forget uh, the 2017 NCAA National Championship as well as the 2016 NCAA Championship, uh, which was in Houston. Uh, that started it for us. We were on our journey. And again, just to watch my best friend uh, last night, as he's a huge Carolina fan, to, to see the, the emotions uh, that flow, uh, the passion. Uh, you know, he would look to me and say, what do you think? I'd say, you know, as long as they take care of this, I'd say, we'll be fine. Again, just trying to, to, to stay in, in, in the moment, uh, if you will, uh, to be able to put it all together. Because bottom line, when you stop and you look and you realize that, you know what, 
this is a window of time. This is a moment when young men will become, you know, they will become men. Their names will go down in history. They will never be viewed the same because they will walk away as champions. Had a great opportunity last night as well uh, to reach out to one of my former players, uh, Mike Quick. Um, we talked to Mike uh, pregame on the way uh, and then also at halftime and then spoke with him briefly after the game. And I know he's just on cloud nine with uh, Carolina being able to pull off this championship. But again, that's why it's, it's more than just a game. It's about building relationships, running into two of my uh, high school teammates who are now both head coaches. Uh, and that is just, it's a blessing to be able to see you know, guys that, you know, you grew up with, you know, you rode the school bus with, you rode to high school games with, and, and you the prom, you, and you're looking across, and they're at the same prom that you are, and then now, you know, you're in the arena, and, you're rep and they're representing universities. Uh, it's a tr tremendous, tremendous feat. So it's just been a great trip. And as, as we start winding down this broadcast, uh, I just cannot, uh, cannot say uh, just how, you know, overwhelmed and just how, Grateful I am for the opportunity to come out and do a, a broadcast, you know, from the site of the Final Four. Uh, some photos will be on uh, Facebook as well as uh, we'll drop a couple videos on YouTube uh, once we're back uh, on that side on the East Coast. But just from us uh, and the staff uh, from basketball is more than a game. Uh, we just want to thank you for the opportunity to tune in and just want to always, uh, as we say, you know, you keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. But just look for uh, new and upcoming episodes on Basketball's More in the Game. Of course, we'll try to uh, get Ralph on an uh, interview. Uh, we just logistically just really couldn't pull that off while we were out. It was just too many business meetings that we were trying to, to get, in, uh, get in play. Uh, but uh, for everybody that's, uh, that follows me on this podcast, I certainly appreciate your time. God bless you. Appreciate your continued support to my wife, my son, my daughter. Uh, thank you all so much as you continue to just allow me uh, to be used and direct and just try to give back. So always remember, as we said earlier, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for your stars. And I'm your host, Coach Goins, and this will conclude this episode of Basketball is More Than a Game.